This is BBC Radio 4. It's just after half past six. And now the show, which I seem to remember the chairman himself claiming never fails to hit the snail on the head. We present I'm Sorry I Haven't a Clue, the antidote to panel games. At the piano is Colin Sell, and your chairman is Humphrey Littleton. Hello, and welcome to I'm Sorry I Haven't a Clue. You join us this week at the Lowry Centre in Salford, part of the great metropolis of Manchester. The origins of Manchester lie in a Roman settlement founded by Julius Agricola. His fortified town was called Memusiam, meaning a hill shaped like a breast. As, <laughs> as Agricola boasted, he liked to name places after whatever he missed from home. <laughs> However, he kept strangely quiet after founding the town of Ramsbottom. In 1485, Manchester figured heavily in the Wars of the Roses. Eventually, the dynasties known as the House of Lancaster and the House of York were united by Henry VII, who combined both into the House of Fraser. <laughs> Peace reigned here until the Civil War, and royalist troops under Prince Rupert used the city as a base from which to attack nearby towns. He ordered the sacking of Bolton, when the entire town was reduced to a miserable pile of rubble. <laughs> Later, funds were provided for reconstruction, and work is expected to start soon. <laughs> the Manchester we recognize today only really appeared with the Industrial Revolution, when the city's population was housed in overcrowded slum dwellings. However, sanitary conditions were improved when pipelines were constructed to bring fresh water from the Lake District. These worked well until the 1960s, when one resident ran a bath and discovered Donald Campbell in it. <laughs> Throughout the 19th century, inventors devised many industrial machines here. There was Arkwright's cotton frame and Hargreaves' eight-spindle jenny, and workers were later amazed by Crompton's spinning mule, possibly one of the cruelest circus acts in the world. <laughs> <laughs> in the mighty cotton wheels, weavers were forced to pull strong threads from the machines using their teeth. Compensation was paid for the resultant injury, which prevented them pronouncing the letters F and TH. So they couldn't say fairer than that then. <laughs> Despite the progress made in working conditions, the Manchester of today still has its share of poor workers who struggle vainly to make themselves understood. <laughs> Let's meet four of them. They are on my left, Barry Cryer and Graham Garden. And on my right, Tim Brooke Taylor and Jeremy Hardy. And getting ready to enjoy the action as she scores on the desk next to me, please welcome the ever-delightful Samantha. (laughs) 
Okay, then, teams, let's start with a round of ill-advised introductions. This is where the team suggest opening lines, which, if addressed to a certain well-known individual or organization, would be guaranteed to end all future dialogue. Barry, you can start. Roy Hudd, where's your emu? <laughs> Graham. Uh, table for Mr. Stringfellow and his granddaughter. <laughs> Tim. Fancy a curry, Mr. Major? <laughs> Jeremy. To Leslie Grantham. Leslie, what's up? <laughs> Piers Morgan, is it true your passport photos are fake? <laughs> Well, I must say, Ant, you're the best ventriloquist I've ever seen. <laughs> you must meet George Best. He's our designated driver tonight. <laughs> George W. Is English your first language? <laughs> Vivian Westwood. Why, Miss Whittacombe, you've lost weight. Kiss me, Hardy. Oh, Jeremy's gone now. <laughs> to Russell Crowe. I suppose everybody confuses you with Russell Grant. <laughs> Pablo Picasso. A word in your eye. <laughs> Princess Michael of Kent. Why don't you go back to Baptist Garden? You'll like this house, Mr. Goliath. It's only a stone's throw from the centre. <laughs> Jonathan Miller, here's something you won't know. <laughs> Hello, Goddard. What are you doing here? <laughs> OK, the teams are going to sing for us now in the round called One Song to the Tune of Another. Just get... This game requires extraordinary levels of skill, akin to those of top sportsmen. One thinks of the Olympic sprinters who've trained for eight hours a day for the last four years to achieve the ambition of running round a building site for three minutes. <laughs> In one song to the tune of another, the teams mix up the words of one song with the tune of another. This might be considered a difficult challenge until they hear the piano accompaniment of Colin Sell. <laughs> when it will be rendered well-nigh impossible. <laughs> Actually, it's been said one has more chance of being struck by lightning than meeting a piano player like Colin Sell. <laughs> Which is why we all spent most of last week standing out in the rain holding metal rods. <laughs> OK, Tim, we'll start with you. Would you please sing the words of Ain't No Sunshine When She's Gone to the tune of Do, Re, Mi. No sunshine when she's gone It's not warm when she's away Ain't no sunshine when she's gone And she's always gone too long Anytime she goes away Wonder this time where she's gone Wonder if she's gonna stay Ain't no sunshine when she's gone this house just ain't no home Any time she goes away And 
And I know, 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 I know. 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 But ain't no sunshine when she's gone away. Barry, now, would you please sing the words of the cheeky song by the cheeky girls <laughs> to the tune of We'll Gather Lilacs? Ooh, boys, cheeky girls, ooh, girls, cheeky boys. Ooh, boys, cheeky girls, ooh, girls, cheeky boys. I never ask you where do you go I never ever ask what do you do I never ever ask what's in your mind I never ever ask if you'll be mine Come and smile and Jeremy, now. <laughs> Will you please sing the words of goodness gracious me to the tune of Imagine? Okay. <laughs> oh, Doctor, I'm in trouble. <laughs> well, goodness gracious me. For every time a certain man is standing next to me, a flush comes to my face and my pulse begins to raise. It goes, diddy boom, diddy boom, diddy boom, 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 diddy. Goodness gracious me How often does this happen When did the trouble start See my stethoscope is bobbing It's the throbbing of your heart What kind of man is he to create this allergy it goes boom, jizzy, boom, jizzy, boom, boom, jizzy, boom, jizzy, boom, boom, boom. What was... Finally, Graham, would you please sing the words of I'm a Gnu to the tune of Buddy Holly's lovely True Love Ways. I'm a gnu. 
requested no flowers. <laughs> the next game is all about boasting, which is why it's called Swankers. <laughs> in this game, the teams take it in turns to be guests at a party, unashamedly boasting about something, which the succeeding guest has to outdo. When I honk my horn once, the teams have to change the topic of conversation. If I honk twice, it's the end of the round. And if I honk three times, it's the dodgy pork pie I have here. <laughs> okay, we'll start with you, Tim. You're at a dinner party, and you're just about to initiate a topic of conversation which allows you to boast about something. The rest of you take turns to outdo Tim's boast until I honk when the next panelist has to initiate a brand-new topic of conversation and start the boasting all over again. Off you go, Tim. I have got this wonderful new mobile phone. You know, it takes uh, moving pictures, colour pictures, wonderful. Moving pictures? I've got one that uh, you get the smell of the person you're talking to, the aftershave, the perfume and everything. Comes through. Yeah, I've, I've got this hands-free one where you don't even have to have hands at all. <laughs> yes, it's very good, that one. But mine's very handy because you dial a number and it actually brings the person to you. <laughs> It's funny you should say that, because I've got one that sends them away very, very quickly. I've got two of those. Uh, I've got a phone that actually plugs into my house. <laughs> we just got back from holiday, actually. Um, really? Antarctica is very lovely at this time of year. Yes, it, it's wonderful, from the moon. You went to the moon. It's overrun with tourists now. We never go there. Mars, that's us. Not much atmosphere. <laughs> we, went, we went back in time. <laughs> went back in time? Mm, to there Belgium. <laughs> oh. oh. Oh, the children grow up so fast these days, don't they? Uh, my three-year-old's got a, a degree. <laughs> Only one degree. My three-year-old is my two-year-old's tutor. <laughs> I, I've, uh, 
I just had my sperm frozen. Of course, I had to, had to buy the special trousers. <laughs> yes, I've just had that. It was my three-year-old who did it, actually. <laughs> your, uh, your three-year-old is actually mine. Your wife told me that, Tim. I'm actually in cryogenic suspension. I died 400 years ago. <laughs> Hence, the Bel- <laughs> Hence the Belgian accent. <laughs> We've got a few friends coming round on, uh, at the weekend for a, a little sort of barbecue, really. It's uh, just the uh, Manu team uh, and their, their wives and girlfriends, really. We've got some nice people coming to us. <laughs> We've got Man City doing the catering for us. <laughs> We've got Posh and Bex over. We're giving them some counselling at the moment. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> We've got Liverpool over to eat the catering, actually. <laughs> oh, where's the catering gone? <laughs> oh boy what are those sandwiches doing on bricks <laughs> ok we come now to our literary quiz the teams are no strangers to the world of books and I understand that after seven years hard graft Graham Garden has just finished his first novel then he always was a slow reader <laughs> And an unauthorised biography of Barry Cryer is soon to be published. Titled Barry Cryer, His Life Was a Joke. It, rel- <laughs> it relates the roller coaster of success, fame and fortune enjoyed by the many people he's heard of. <laughs> now, teams, I've brought along the first parts of some famous openings to a range of books, novels and autobiographies, which I'd like you to try to complete for me. Tim, we're going to start with you. This is the start of The Mirror Cracked by Agatha Christie. Miss Jane Marple was sitting by her... Mirror with a hammer. <laughs> I the wish end. it was, but the real answer is window. OK, Barry, this is the start of Notre Dame de Paris by Victor Hugo. Just 348 years, six months and 19 days ago today, Parisians woke to the sound of... Humphrey Littleton. <laughs> Correct answer is all the bells peeling out within the city. Uh, Jeremy, this is from Twelfth Night by William Shakespeare. If music be the food of love... Will Young is the ginster's pasty of indifference. <laughs> of course the answer is play on. Graham, here's one for you. Living History by Hillary Rodham Clinton. I wasn't born a First Lady or a Senator. I wasn't born a Democrat. I was born... Under a wandering president. (laughs) (laughs) The answer is a lawyer. Back to you now, Tim. For you, the opening line of The Lord of the Rings by J.R.R. Tolkien. When Mr. Bilbo Baggins of Bag End announced that he would shortly be celebrating his 11th birthday with a party of special magnificence, there was... A bit of a panic to find 111 candles. <laughs> the answer is much talk and excitement in Hobbiton. Oh. 
Barry, how about this? It's the start of The Call of the Wild by Jack London. Buck did not read the newspapers or he would have known that... The Guardian had misspelt his name. <laughs> Trouble was brewing. Another one for you, Jeremy. It's the start of Portrait of the Artist as a Young Man by James Joyce. Once upon a time, and a very good time it was, there was a moo cow coming down along the road, and this moo cow that was coming down along the road... Walked into a bar and said, I'll have a pint of Guinness. And the barman said, the barman said, there are others before you. And she said, oh, I'm sorry, I'm not wearing a bra. The answer, I hope you to believe, is Metanison's little boy named Baby Taku. Graham. Here's the start of Possession by A.S. Byatt. The, the book was thick and black and covered with... Other quotes from Ron Atkinson. <laughs> the answer is dust. Oh, really? Yeah. What? OK. OK, here are some for any of you to have a go at. The opening line to Trowel and Error by Alan Titchmarsh. My small fingers trace the outline of the round, smooth... Contours that could only be Charlie's. <laughs> the answer is Boulder. Next, the start of The Go-Between by L.P. Hartley. The past is a foreign country. Let's bomb it, said Mr. Bush. <laughs> the answer is they do things differently there. Oh. And finally, the first bit of Goldfinger by Ian Fleming. James Bond, with two double bourbons inside him, sat back in the final departure lounge of Miami Airport and... Silently let one go. <laughs> the name's Bond. <laughs> while at the same time he thought about life and death. <laughs> it's we all. The teams are now going to play the game called Cheddar Gorge. For the many listeners who find the title Cheddar Gorge quite baffling, a short explanation might prove useful. Well, cheddar is a type of cheese, and a gorge is a sort of ravine. In fact, the world's first cheese was invented at Cheddar Gorge in the 7th century, when buckets of milk were left in caves where they mysteriously turned into cheese. By all accounts, this provided the most flavoursome foodstuff, the tasty joy of its consumption being tempered only by the resultant amoebic dysentery. <laughs> this was a far cry from our modern processed products, such as the Dairy Lee Triangle, which which mysteriously makes ships disappear. <laughs> in the game called Cheddar Gorge, each panellist exchanges a word in turn in order to construct a coherent sentence on a given subject, the object being not to complete the sentence. If I detect a full stop, you'll hear this. <laughs> OK, teams, the subject of your sentence is London's application for the Olympics in 2012. Jeremy, you can start. <clears throat> London is hoping to host the 2012 Olympics because London is the best place for the tiddlywinks. <laughs> Not necessarily 
in. That. Order. <laughs> but. Winks. Certainly. Tiddle. And. Ballroom. Dancing. Will be. Displayed. Fervently. Upon. Some. Parts. Of. The. Capital. Of. Britain. Which. As. The. Audience. Will. No. Is. Called. Nothing. <laughs> like. It. Sounds. Because. It. Is. A. Little bit of congested <laughs> airspace, which is smelly and yet also alluring, while it is potentially and <laughs> sometimes alternatively called the biggest centre for the Olympic preliminaries anywhere in the north of the previous <laughs> sentence <laughs> if only it would come quickly to the conclusion which we all hope fervently will soon be upon us now oh <laughs> <laughs> Well, I notice it's very nearly the end of the show, but there's just time to squeeze in a round of Baker's Songbook. Samantha has to nip out now as she's off to her evening class where the baking instructor is going to assess her efforts. Last week, he popped her bread roll straight into his mouth and he's promised to dry her muffin next week. <laughs> so, teams, while she's away enjoying that, I'd like you to suggest song titles likely to appeal to an audience drawn from the baking trade. Graham, will you start, please? Once I had a secret loaf. <laughs> Puff the magic pastry. Sitting on the dock of the bagel. <laughs> Give pies a chance. <laughs> Where has all the flour gone? It's my pastry and I'll cry if I want to. <laughs> One slice, three times a cut loaf. Chip out of your face. <laughs> House of the Rising Bun. <laughs> Brioche over troubled wafer. As long as he needs me. Knocking on Oven's door. <laughs> if I had a ham roll, I'd eat it in the morning. Hold it, flashbang wallop. What a peach tart. <laughs> Turn over, Beethoven. <laughs> granary, granary, we loaf you. <laughs> That's it. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it's time to end the show. <laughs> if you've been affected by any of the issues raised... In the... <laughs> Please write to the BBC Help Desk, Broadcasting House London, taking care to mark your envelope, basket case. <laughs> and with that, from the team, Samantha, myself and the good folk of Salford, it's goodbye.
Barry Cryer, Graham Garden, Jeremy Hardy and Tim Brooke-Taylor were being given silly things to do by Humphrey Littleton, with Colin Sell setting some of them to music. The programme consultant was Ian Pattinson and the producer was John Naismith. There's more madness from Humph and the teams next Monday night.